Hello, welcome to Soul Led, a podcast dedicated to the evolution of your soul and the development of your spiritual gifts. I am Nikki Novo, your spiritual mentor, a fiery Latina, mom of three, and a lover of all things intuitive. You're here because you're meant to be here. So let's do this. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of Soul Led. Hi, I'm Nikki. Nice to meet you. Welcome to the show. Today is going to be a solo episode. So just you and me. That's like what my little son says, um, Ethan, every time my husband leaves with the two older kids and then he just stays behind with me. He looks at me, he goes, mom, just you and me, (laughs) which actually is a perfect little intro into what I wanted to talk about today. What was on my heart today? Um, I wanted to talk about spiritual motherhood, you know, mother wound stuff, and even answer the question of how do I do it all, which is a funny question that I get often. We've been seeing more and more mothers in Soul Academy and um, in the programs. And I just, you know, just want to talk about that process or those of you who are like maybe thinking if you want to become a mother or not, might be a good episode too. So let's get into it. Well, so first I feel like I need to start with like my challenges around motherhood and kind of <laughs> the, uh, the, like the motherhood drama that I've always had within me. So my chart, my astrology chart is like all mother stuff, right? Like I'm a cancer and like all sorts of places, um, which probably many of you that have ever worked with me are probably like, Oh my gosh, that makes total sense. I have a lot of mother energy. Actually, I dated this guy when I was, I guess it's like out of college or whatever. Um, and I have like a very, like, I have like a skinny top and then my hips are really wide. And he would always tell me, he's like, you were born to be a mother. And I would, just because of like the way my body was shaped. And I was always annoyed at it for many reasons, but I was like, God, like I just, you know, that was just tr- very triggering to me. Uh, cause I never wanted to be just a mom, you know, that was like, so that was just the worst thing you could ever tell me. Um, so it was funny, but you know, he was kind of right because maybe he was like sensing my energy or something. Cause I have so much mother energy and I just didn't know that about myself um, when I was growing up. So I had a lot of just, I guess, I don't know what the word is, but like these triggers around motherhood um, as a kid, because I was raised by my mom, who is also a cancer. She's actually born the day after me. So already, you know, tons of drama. I have a lot of mother wound stuff And um, my mom, you know, was of that generation that like either, you know, you go to work all day and you have somebody take care of your kids or you, you know, you, you stay home with the kids, Um, which I always say, like, I'm so grateful for technology now because I, I don't know what I would have done if I were like in her shoes, you know, like what path I would have taken because it would have been very hard for me to leave behind my kids and like work all day. But at the same time, I love my work so much. So I, it would be hard for me to leave that behind too. So I was raised by a mother who just like always made that sacrifice known to us, like at all times. Um, and, you know, I think that it's just being a mother is, is a hard job. And it's funny, actually, after I became a mother, I always told myself, like, I would never judge a woman ever again in my life or a parent because it's like such you're in such survival mode so much of the time that um, I really like that was one of the things that I learned from becoming a parent, like just kind of releasing judgment. But, um, my mom, you know, she just like really felt that it was a sacrifice, um, that she sacrificed herself and 
her like dreams to take care of these three kids. And unfortunately, even though she had like three beautiful children and a beautiful family it was like very hard for her to, you know, to come to terms with like that this was the path she decided to take this lifetime. So I felt like that. I don't know if anybody of you have had that situation, but I felt a lot of that pressure of like this unhappiness, like from your mom, you know, and you're just like trying, you're this little kid and you like, just want everybody to be happy and you want your mom to be happy. And she was just so like unhappy about that choice that at a very young age, I was like, there has to be a way for me to do both. Like I was just convinced, you know, and this wasn't, this was way before, you know, technology and zoom and, you know, all the things that we can do now. So mo like remotely, I just knew that I was like, I just, I got to figure this out. Like somehow I'm going to do both. So that was really just some, to the point actually that uh, you've probably heard me talk about like the first reading that I had that like really changed my life. This way, this woman that did like angel readings, one of the things that she said in the reading was you're going to have both. <laughs> and I was like, what? She goes, yeah, you're going to have both. I see you with a child sitting on your lap and you're also typing in your computer. Like you're going to have both. And it was this thing that I was, I, and I never, I didn't ask her about work or kids. I didn't even have a boyfriend at the time, um, but it was like one of the very first things like she wanted to explain to me. So I was like, oh, okay. And then it just kind of stuck with me. So, you know, I'm, I'm coming at motherhood from that place to begin with. I'm just like, you know, this place of like, it's a sacrifice and, it's a lot of work and um, you lose yourself. And, um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, I have so much mother energy that like I wanted to mother, you know, um, I have a younger brother who's five years younger than me. And I was like, always oh, like his second mom. And um, I had a little dog Foxy at the time. And she was like my little child. And, you know, even I would mother my boyfriends, like it was the worst, you know, like, I was just like, I just always had this mother energy. So Mary Benny, and, you know, one thing that like that really threw me for a curve was when I met Benny that he had a daughter. I was like 27 when I met Benny. So I was like, wait, how did I get into that bracket? Like, I remember being like, wait a second, am I that old that I'm like dating people with kids? Um, no, it's just that Benny had, a, you know, a child young and he's five years older than I am, but I was not expect like I just was not expecting like to be dating somebody with a child. So that's why I always say that Allie, who's our oldest is my bonus baby. Cause I didn't expect her at all. But, um, you know, we meet and he was like single dadding her and like kind of, she was kind of moving around a lot. Uh, the mom was in, in the picture, but like, it was just, she was living a very kind of just moving around from home to home house. And, you know, as soon as they came into her life, like soon after she's like, can I call you mom? And I was like, okay, this is, this is going to be interesting. Um, and I just, you know, I fell in love with Allie as much as I fell in love with Benny. You know, it was a little hard in the beginning. I, I knew the challenges and just the challenges of like having a child go back and forth between homes. And I was like, you know, I was like, this is going to be complicated. But at some point, it just looked like the whole, like she, I really like allowed her to direct like what she wanted. And it wasn't like easy peasy in the beginning. I remember, I remember Ali being like, I think she was probably like five at this point. And I, I remember like going to my therapist and being like, you know, Ali's, she's an asshole, man. <laughs> I was like literally calling a five-year-old an asshole. So I was so frustrated with her. And like, you know, she was like, um, she was like 
uh, like taunting me and like hazing me like so much in the beginning, just to kind of see like, is this lady strong enough? Is she going to stick around? Is she going to leave? Like, can she handle this? Um, and I'm such a like stubborn, like fighter that I was like, yes, I can do this. I will do this. We will make this work. Um, so it wasn't all, you know, rainbows and butterflies, but all to, you know, now we love each other very much. So you know, I kind of let her guide and I could tell that like what Ali wanted more than anything was a family. Like she just wanted to be in a family. She, that's what she really wanted. So at some point, once we got married, um, right after we got married, it seemed like what she was looking for was like to be in one place. So we ended up coincidentally getting custody of Ali the week that Oliver was born. So I was kind of, you know, part-timing her, you know, and just kind of, yeah, you know, having her in and out of the house for a while. But then the week that Oliver was born, these, you know, some chain of events like happened and I got custody of Allie that same week. And that was like, holy crap. <laughs> it was very hard because being a new mom, not knowing what the hell I was doing, feeling I was, you know, 30 when I gave birth to, to Oliver, um, which is our middle child. And just like, you know, just everything, you know, like the breastfeeding and the, the crying and the not sleeping and just like having no idea of like what was happening. Um, and then having Allie at the same time. So it was like a big struggle, but I think in many ways, like that was probably the, the best way for it to happen. Like that was like, Allie was like, these people are going to have a family. Like I'm in, you know? Um, and she, you know, came in and, um, you know, we, we figured it out all of us. And, and in a way, you know, Oliver and Allie, like were able to grow up like these like siblings. So it was a beautiful process, but man, did that child like change my life? Like talk about ego death. And that's the thing about motherhood. It's this weird, you know, like you're so excited, you're pregnant, blah, blah, blah. You know, you know, like everybody tells you life is going to change and all of that. You can kind of logically understand like, yeah, okay. Now all of a sudden I'm going to have this 24 hour job, but dude, like I was like, I just, I don't know. I thought I was like going to have a doll or something, you know, like I thought I was going to have this like cute little thing that was going to have this cute room and that was going to be it. But gosh, like talk about ego death and, you know, pregnancy is this really, I mean, like when you're delivering the baby, it's this really interesting process where like one minute you are like you, your old self. And literally within seconds of pushing that child out, like you are dead, you are dead. And then, but then there's like life right there, like this brand new life. But it's so sad because it's like, you know, obviously there's all this attention on the new life, right? You're like, oh my gosh, this child, this is so exciting. But the mother is like dying, you know, she just died and you don't have enough time to like tend or grieve the death of you. You have to like take care of this. You have to take care of this life, you know, that's in front of you. So I think that that's a big part of like, all of our issues after, you know, like, I mean, postpartum, all that kind of stuff. Like, it's like, you just, you need time to grieve your former self. So I feel like I spent like two years after giving birth to Oliver, just like grieving, like two, three years of like, just grieving, like this former self. Like, I didn't even know what I was, that I was doing that, but that's, it really took me a long time. Like I didn't fall into like depression or anything like that afterwards. Um, and I think there are a few, there's a few reason why is one, the breastfeeding really helps me, even though it was like the worst thing ever and very painful, but it helped me for some reason. Like I just, I think like I was getting something out of that. And second, I like leaned on my work 
like big time at the time. I didn't like at that time I was like nothing. <laughs> I didn't have any intuitive gifts or anything like that. I was still a writer, but I was working for Benny and I was trying to, you know, grow this like self-help, you know, thing that I was trying to do. And Oliver was like, I think he was probably like four months or so, five months. And I just knew I needed like a project so I started writing this horrible book, guys, which does not exist on Amazon anymore. But funny enough, I was not even an intuitive at the time. But guess what I titled the book? I, I titled it, Will I Be Alone Forever? Question mark And Other Dating Questions You Wish a Psychic Would Answer. That was my title of the book. And it was really like, you know, inspired by like my love of psychics, of course, but like inspired by this like question of like, you know, when you're single, you're like asking the question of like, am I just going to be alone forever? So it was this book based on like, you know, based on that question. Uh, but it was so bad, you guys. But the point is that that book like actually kept me very sane because I started to write it right after Ethan Oliver was born, really just to kind of keep a part of myself, right? Like I was trying so hard to not like completely get lost. And I was, remember, you know, like coming from a mother who carried that wound of, you know, like you lose yourself, you sacrifice everything. I was like, no, that will not happen to me. So I had to write and have this project and I wrote the book and I like didn't even edit it. So there were like all these mistakes in the book. And um, I, you know, I put it to like self-publish on Amazon. I even threw myself a um, book launch party. Like I had a book signing and I invited all my friends. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, I was really just trying to celebrate myself. I think I did that like once Oliver was like, maybe already a year. I'm not really sure. But point is that like, I made a big deal about this thing. And I really was just trying to like, hold on to these like little pieces of myself, even though that girl had like left the building, you know, and that was, so it's for me, motherhood was like just such a big part of my spiritual journey. Um, such an initiation, such a, you know, even my family, like those, Benny and I have been, we'll be married 10 years in this upcoming February, 2022. And, um, you just like, that was just a very, like all of that had to happen in order for me to like be where I am today, but it was very hard for me. I also, you know, if you guys know, like Benny is recently sober, but I was unknown to like, not, you know, not knowing, but I was married to an addict. So I was also like very alone. Um, you know, I had this kind of like not engaged husband or, or um, you know, he's always been super heart-based. He's always been a very loving, heart-filled person. But like that engagement like really wasn't there and the help really wasn't there. So I was like drowning a lot with um, Oliver and then Allie being like young too. And, you know, I had this child that I was trying to blend into our family or, or become a family. So it was very complicated, but wow, like so much growth and like understanding that came from that. And then once I started, you know, in this process, I'm still like learning about, you know, my spirituality and like still learning about being intuitive. And I started working with people and things like that. And then I started to come across this idea that like, Hey, guess what? Like your kids are souls, you know, and they are probably soulmates of yours. And they probably have like things that they want to teach you and all that. I was like, oh, like for that, I didn't know that for a long time. And it was very helpful when that started coming to my awareness. I was like, oh, okay. They're not here to kill me. They're not here 
<laughs> to like try to kill me. They're here to support me. And that was like a big game changer for me when I realized like Oliver, Ali, like these are these souls that have so many other plans than like just being your child, you know, like that there's just so much more going on. And that perspective like really helped me a lot. I got a little like obsessive about <laughs> like, if you're already kind of like a, uh, like a obsessive mom or something, like taking it to the spiritual route can go like take, you can just throw you off an edge because I was like then obsessed with like them living fully into their like soul. Like I was like obsessed with like making sure I was doing the right thing for their soul. <laughs> so that got me a little crazy, but eventually I let that go. I was like, okay, it's very unspiritual of you, Nikki, to be like trying to control these little souls, like um, path and making sure everything is perfect. So that, you know, I had to kind of come to terms with that. And then I, I actually like learned to like sit with their spirit teams and I learned to like sit with their spirit guides and, you know, learning about past lives was helpful for me and all those things. So I started to understand that like, yes, okay, fine. Maybe I have like a three-year-old here, um, but there's just so much more to this. And at that point, the first two, my first two oldest, like was really teaching me to shed so much. So it was more Ethan, who's the third one, who's a little guy now, who's three, was the one where I started getting like more in touch with children as souls. So the first time I was like understanding them, like the first, like Ali and Oliver in many ways are almost like twins to me because I got them at the same time. But like, that was really, wow. Like what they're asking of me and like what I'm asking to let go. So that's the, that's the way I saw like that first run. And then I was so traumatized <laughs> from having those two, like these two children come into my life at that same time, two different places. And, you know, this trying to make this family work that I knew I wanted to birth another child, but I was just, I was just so traumatized, like from the first time. So it took us a long time. And Benny was like, very, did not want to have another kid. Cause he felt like, Oh, I'm good. I have two kids. And, you know, I had to convince him. I don't know if any of you are married to men that have um, or women who have, um, kids from other relationships. Sometimes it's like, they're like, no, I'm good. And so you're like, no, but I'm not good. <laughs> like I would like more. So, you know, there's a little bit of that with Benny. I had to convince him and I had to, you know, kind of tell him that like, no, like I know there's this child that's supposed to come through. So I knew that there was like another child that was supposed to come true. I, I felt the spirit baby around me for a long time. I was getting like, I remember having a reading, probably when like Oliver, who's our middle child was like, maybe like two or like one and a half. And I remember the, the woman being like, you know, there's another baby. Like, you know, you need to have this baby now. And I was like, um, no, thank you. So like, I was in that situation where I had the spirit baby waiting for a long time, which I see that when I read people a lot, like I'll be like, oh, this, you know, this baby's trying to come through, but they're like very anti, like, no, it's not the time. So this little spirit baby like waited around me for a long time, but like it would have come earlier for sure. But I was just like, I couldn't do it. I was, it was just hard. So waited about, I guess, four years. Yeah. I remember right before Oliver's fourth birthday, we got pregnant because that's when the kids start like not being babies anymore. And you're like, yeah, it's not so bad. We can do this again. <laughs> and I convinced many. And like on the first try, it was so funny. Like we had like our, you know, our moment. It was our first, like our first try to like, he was like, okay, 
you know, I'll give you a few tries. And if it happens, if it happens, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Like, well, it's going to happen. So we do our first try. And like, I remember closing my eyes to go to sleep that night and push, I see this baby, like just like a baby face show up in my dream and like come in and come out. And I remember being like, holy shit, he's going to kill me. Like we are totally pregnant. And sure enough, we were pregnant. So, you know, Ethan was an interesting process because I had already shed a lot. I had gone through like my own healing. I, I was definitely, you know, finding my power. I was uh, up leveling like at work and things like that. I knew that I was, you know, at this point I was already doing readings and intuitive work and all that stuff. I get pregnant with Ethan, who's our third, the baby. And like instantly, like as soon as that baby was growing in me, I just felt his energy so strong. And he has such a strong, powerful energy. And he's such an old soul that I was like, holy crap. Like my whole pregnancy with him, it was like, I don't know, like I had lost a lot of self-doubt because of the energy that was within me. I knew I was having my third child. So there was like kind of this feeling of like, okay, there's just no time for the bullshit of like not believing in yourself or doubting yourself, like, or questioning yourself. Like there's no time for that anymore, Nikki. Um, and that was just like the energy he brought. He brought a lot of like courageous energy to me. So it was very supportive for me and for my growth. But the thing about Ethan is that I was convinced, you know, being the good intuitive that I am, I was convinced that he was a girl. Like, forever. And people, you know, different psychics had told me like, Oh, you're going to have a girl. You're going to have a girl. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. I go a girl, the girl, girl. And I kept thinking like, I was like set that I was going to have a girl. <laughs> I mean, spoiler alert, obviously he's not a girl, but we were at our reveal party. Um, and we didn't do like reveal parties weren't in when we had Oliver. So like, I didn't even have one with Oliver, but this time we we're like, Oh, you know, it was our third. And I was, I was so convinced it was a girl. <laughs> and I, I remember um, like my doctor giving me like the, um, you know, the testing like results in an envelope so that I can bring it to the bakery. And you just like basically hand the envelope. You haven't opened the envelope. It has the information if it's a boy or girl in there and you give it to the bakery and the bakery is, is either going to make you like pink cupcakes or blue cupcakes. Right. Um, so I like show up to the bakery for the cupcakes. I hand the girl the envelope and I'm like, oh, you know, can you do some like gender reveal cupcakes for me? It was like this bakery that that's like what they do. Um, I hand her the envelope and I'm like, I'm like, oh, you know, I know it's a girl, but like I have to do the show for everybody else. And she like, you know, she like smiles, whatever. And then of course at the reveal, find out that it is not a girl, it is a boy. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, that poor like girl at the bakery is probably like feeling real bad for me right now. So at the gender reveal, you know, we open the cupcake, it's a blue cupcake. You guys, I start crying. I was so upset. I, I Like who cries at their gender reveal? Like what a brat, you know? I had already had two kids. Like why did I, it was just crazy. So I feel so bratty about like saying that and admitting that, but it's, I was very attached to it being a girl. And I think the other part of that component of that too, was I was just at the beginning of like getting strong as an intuitive and doing greetings. So my ego was like really, really shot, like very hurt by this, you know, by this information. So um, it was, you know, both things. And I remember just like having to, you know, and I also had to mourn the idea of like, okay, I'm not going to birth a girl, like, cause I'm not having more kids. Um, so that too, you know, all, all of that, it was just, it was just this whole process. But one thing that I learned by Ethan, which I really feel like set me up to be like the mother that I am today is that in that moment, like 
you know, I real like not in that moment, but <laughs> it took a few a few weeks to get over it. But in that process of like, just being like, okay, number one, you were wrong. Number two, you're not going to have a girl. Number three, this is your last, like, this is it. This is what's happening. Like something hit me in that time when I was pregnant and I was like, Nikki, you know, this baby is not coming into the world just to be your son. Like that is not the only reason this child is coming into the world. And I think like as moms, as we like are trying to conceive and all that, you know, we tend to think that like, you know, what this child's going to mean to us and, you know, all this stuff. And in that moment, I actually realized I was like, oh, Ethan's not here for me. Like, I was like, that's, um, he's coming through me, but I felt very much like Ethan and I would probably be like partners and like friends and almost like partners in crime, but that he was here for something like much bigger where Oliver and both Oliver and Allie, they initiated so much like death in me and so much change and like release in me that I felt in many ways, like Oliver has always been like an instigator in me and Ali too, but one does like the masculine and one does like the feminine almost like they instigate a lot of release in me where Ethan, like I understood, I was like, oh, this guy's not for you. <laughs> like, that's not what's happening here. And it was very humbling too, you know, to be like, okay, Nikki, like what an asshole you are. Like, you're not like the center of the world here, right? Like, you know, this child has a whole path and a whole mission. And, you know, he's just deciding to come through your canal, you know, he's just sliding down your canal. Um, so that was a big lesson for me. And, and also just in my understanding, as I read more people, I was like spirit babies, like this is so much bigger. And Ethan being such an old soul and being such a strong, powerful soul and being able to have the opportunity of feeling his energy in me was really cool. And it also just made me realize like, man, some of us are birthing such old, like wise little children. And, you know, we're here trying to, you know, tell them what to do, which is kind of funny. So give birth to Ethan in 2018. He was born January 3rd, 2018. I remember because I was super pissed because I had hit my insurance deductible and I wanted him to be born in 2017 because <laughs> I didn't want to pay anymore. You know, giving birth is expensive, guys. I didn't want to pay anymore. And the little child decides not only is he not going to be a girl, but he was going to make me pay another deductible um, because he had to come three days after the new year. Anyways, so Ethan's born and Oh, well, I have to fast forward a little bit because it kind of answers this question. So I wanted to answer, you know, we talk about being a mother and spiritual motherhood, but I also wanted to talk about this question that I get often, which is like, how do I do it all? And I think that question comes from like, how are you a mom and you run a business and you do all these things. So obviously it's like, I have to talk about motherhood in order to talk about that question. So um, like, as I was pregnant with Ethan, obviously I was much more prepared this time. Like I had already had two children and I knew what was about to happen, how much was going to change. And I was, I was gaining steam in my business. Like I had been doing readings. Um, people were liking them. I had like stumbled. I, I had released soul seeker already. Like, you know, it was like the beginning stages of it. And I didn't want to have a break just because I was having a baby. Like I wanted to, um, because I had so momentum, I wanted, you know, I wanted to try to keep it up as much as I could. But right before I was, you know, like maybe when I was pregnant with him or right before that, I was just in this place of like very unsupported. Like I did not, you know, I had my husband doing, you know, his shenanigans. So I was like not supported in that, you know, place. Um, I didn't have like 
family that was like helping taking care of my kids or things like that. And um, I was working solo, you know, I had Danica just, but you know, I was paying her so little and um, she was like, you know, helping me in small ways. And I don't know, just like, I just always, I was like cleaning and washing clothes and making meals. And I was like, this is bullshit, you know? And I was really realizing that I had created this life for myself because I'm such a doer. And I also, I'm like the middle child. And I, you know, I really try to like, not, you know, ask for too much help growing up with kids. Like, you know, you're the middle child. You don't want to bother people. Um, my parents were, you know, they're immigrant so they were just like, you know, figure it out, get it done, that kind of stuff. And I just, you know, I learned that I was strong and that I can take care of things. And, you know, I really just had that like chip on my shoulder. So of course I'm like two kids deep, like pregnant with a third. And I'm looking at my life and I'm like, this sucks. Like I'm doing everything myself. Like this is awful. And when I find myself in those positions where I'm like, okay, like I'm looking at my life. I'm like, this is I did not mean to make this. Like, I did not mean to create this. What I try to do is I look into the future and I'm like, okay, well, if this is not what I want, what do I want? And, you know, maybe what I wanted was like just more help. And, you know, maybe I wanted a nanny or like, you know, whatever that was or more money, you know, things like that. And I always know that like, it's not the stuff that you want, right? It's the energy that you want to be in, in order to get that stuff. So I was like, okay, what what's the biggest difference between like where I am right now and where I really want to be. And like, what came to me was like, I want to be supported, you know, and I was not supported. Like I felt unsupported in my work. I felt like unsupported at home. Like, I just felt like I had no, like, you know, you're, I was in that place in my company too, that like I had some, you know, momentum going, but I was also like giving a lot, you know, it's like you're doing all the posts and all the things and like, you're just not, you're getting like a 10% return or something. Um, and I just overall felt unsupported. So I said, okay, let's like, let's play with being supported. Like what if you were supported? So I remember I would like be in the kitchen, which I hate the kitchen. And I'd be like washing plates and I'd be like, I'm so supported. Like, and I would envision myself like having somebody helping me clean. And I just went really heavy on, I am supported. Like that was my mantra. Like I was really trying to move into this place. Cause I just knew that if I gave birth to that third child, like I was going to, I don't, I don't want to say like lose everything that I had built. Cause it's not like I had built a lot, but I was onto something, you know? And I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to have to like stop for two years and then like pick it up again. So I really worked on, I was supported and it worked, man. Like those nine months, like, you know, I just, I started making more money. I, oh, and another thing I had to change too. Not only am I supported, I had to change the, um, I had this mindset I saw myself repeating to myself over and over again that the best thing I could do for my kids was be there for them. So I had these two children and I had always told myself, like I was telling myself like the best thing that I can do for my kids is be with them as much as I could, like always. And that was messing with me because that's not really the truth, right? Like I, I, I've had, I have friends that you know, went to after school every day and like saw their parents at seven o'clock at night and they loved their parents and their parents were great parents and they've had great relationships with them. And then I was like the girl that was always picked up by my parent and like hated it, you know? Um, so I don't, it's not really about the time, right? It's, it's really about the, um, the quality of the time, not so much the quantity. So I started saying like, okay, I'm going to rework that. Like, I think like, you know, I was kind of rethinking my values and the kind of mother I wanted to be. And I was like, you know, I think that 
the best thing I can do for my kids is be me, like be the full expression of me, you know, which therefore makes me happy. And part of the full expression of me was to do work that I love and like have a business, make money. Like those were all parts. Also being a mother is a full expression of myself too, but it was like, I needed a balance of all those things. So when I started to switch that and instead of saying like, you know, the best thing I could do for my kids is like always be available. I started to say the best thing I can do for my kids is be a full expression of myself. And that like between that and I am supported changed so much for me. So like in those nine months, those were the things that I was working on and the things that I was repeating. So like two months before Ethan came, I looked at Benny and I was like, I was like, I'm making a certain amount of money. <laughs> like I'm, I'm making some money and I want to spend it on a nanny. I want to live, I want to live in nanny. Like I went like balls, balls to the wall. And, uh, we didn't even like have space for, you know, it's not like we had this house that like fit a nanny or something, but we made one this, like we allowed this one little room, which ultimately became my office. And I was like, you know, we just, we're going to find somebody that like we like and, that can help us and help with meals and the kids like so that I can take advantage of this momentum that's like happening in the business. And Benny was all for it, of course, because, you know, he, he was just not capable of helping me. And it of course took stuff off of like his plate. So he was like, let's, let's do this. And, you know, in our culture too, like, I mean, I grew up with it. I had to live in nanny when my, when I was a kid. So it wasn't like super weird for us. And we just said like, let's do it for a year just so that, you know, we can, make it easy on our family too. Like we don't want the family to feel stressed and yeah, to see like if I can do something with this business. So that was like a big thing. And, you know, I'm sure some of you are like, whoa, that's crazy. Like, I think depending on what culture you come from, like a live-in nanny might seem like very strange, but I mean, she was my best friend. <laughs> like to this day, we still talk and she's still like, you know, um, and she would have moved here to Asheville if she, like if she, if she could have, but I mean, I was, was the best investment I made in myself. And I think I was able to do it because I believed in myself. And I also had released that guilt of feeling like that mom guilt of feeling like I had to be available at all times. Like I rearranged the value and I was like, no, you know, like it's not about me, you know, being there at all minutes with the child. It's really about me feeling like I am me and I can be, I can show up as a good person for those kids. So I didn't feel bad about having that. And I, you know, the money paying, paying her every week was hard for me, <laughs> but cause I was like taking all like my reading money and just being like here, but it's probably like the best investment I made early on in my business was to get help for me with these children. So, I mean, and so anyways, I did that then, then yeah, like I, you know, I was able to like start that business and, you know, get that business going and all that was going well. Then we started having like the situation with Benny and him, you know, trying to get sober and all that kind of stuff. And that sobering was like the missing key to basically, okay, now you have like this happy business. You have your three kids. Now we got to like clear out this situation in the family. So once Benny did that and we started, you know, clearing that out, basically, you know, we had this like whole and healthy family that we were, we had been working towards for 10 years, but you know, it takes time. It was like, t it's so crazy how it took like basically almost like 10 years for the family to like find their spaces and to get healed and all that kind of stuff. I mean, not that it's, you know, perfection or anything like that, but you know, it was just, we both had like the goal. We just didn't know how to do it. And we didn't realize that we were like the fucked up ones. <laughs> it's not the kids. <laughs> we were the ones that had it to, had to like fix our stuff. So now we have these three kids 
And the way we care for them and the way like I try to mother at this point is by like respecting their souls. Um, I've learned and I'm not like great, like it's funny how I'm like triggered by all of them in different ways. You know, recently I was having a situation with Oliver, the middle child, because I, Oliver and I have had past lives together and I've been his mom before. And I just didn't know, like, like sometimes I just like, I don't know. I just like, cause in a past life, actually he was like this, like my last child, my third child, he was my youngest child, excuse me. And he was like very fragile. And I, this lifetime, like tend to treat him like he's fragile, you know? And I don't treat the other ones like that, which is really funny, but it's just him. And, you know, I've projected that onto him. So sometimes he thinks he's fragile, you know, and he's not. And, um, I actually was like having, you know, I was like hitting my head against the wall with him recently. Um, and thankfully one of our soul teachers, Latoya, if you guys don't know her, I'll link to her in the show notes. Latoya is a teacher, a school teacher. She's also a mom. Shout out Latoya. Hi. And she started getting into like reading children you know, reading like children for their mothers. And I was like, Latoya, I need your help, man. And what a good read. She like, she looked at the past life that I had already known, you know, hap, like had existed. And she was just able to give me like so much input on him as a soul. And I was able to just like get out of the web of like being his mom and, you know, kind of just caring for him in a very human way and forgetting like his purpose and his path. And actually I even played the, she sent me like a voice note and I sent, I shared the voice note with Oliver and he like loved it. <laughs> like he was, I forget what it was that, um, Latoya said something about his soul. Like she was like, he's like a very like old soul or something. I know she was like saying something like that his soul was cool. Basically, I forgot what it was. And he goes to me, he loves Pokemon. And he's like, does that mean I'm like a, an, an ultra rare? And, and, and I'm like, what? Cause he likes Pokemon and they have like these rares and they have like the ultra rare. And he's like, am I an ultra rare soul? I'm like, yes. And he was like, okay. He felt really good about that. So it was actually very helpful for him, very empowering, very healing for him as well. And I'm just so grateful that first of all, that Latoya exists. I'm grateful that like my work has woken up gifts in people that like have always existed there. And now I get to live in this world where like I get to be, you know, I get to reap the benefits of somebody's gifts. So that was like a beautiful moment for me too. But that's like the way that I want to parent. You know, I do my best to look at them as a soul. I do my best to, to, and to also trust in their soul, you know, to trust that they have a path and to trust that like, they, you know, that they have their own plan and that they know where they're going. It doesn't mean that I'm like, you know, this hands-off parent, as you guys know, I'm like super involved with the kids, but really just respecting the wisdom that they have within themselves. We were having that problem with, um, that thing that I was having the problem with Oliver. One of it was like the transition of bringing him to a school here in North Carolina. He was not happy at the school that we chose for him. And he was, you know, voicing his opinion that like he wasn't happy there. And it was, my husband, you know, at first we were like, oh, are we really going to pull him out? Like we just moved him to a new state and like, he's only been in school for three weeks and like, there's not too many choices, but there was this one other school, this public school in our neighborhood that, you know, people had said good things about. And it was just new to us because, you know, we, we didn't know anything about it. And I just, I was like, Benny, we just, you know, we got to trust this child that he knows what's right for him. So, and actually one of my friends got him recommended this book, uh, The Self-Driven Child. 
So all of that, plus Latoya, plus, you know, just kind of me trying to be like, okay, Nikki, like detach, like you're not the mom, you're like the guy, you know, like the helper of this soul. One of the things that Caro had suggested because she was reading that book, she was like, you know, or, or her, her dad also had done this for her. She was like, you know, you, what you can do is like take him to the other option, to the other school and really empower him to make his own choice. So I was like, okay. Um, so I decided like we took Ethan to the other school and I just before, I mean, Ethan, sorry, Oliver. And before we went into the, the school, I said, Oliver, I want you to like feel your heart. Like, and what I'm trying to do was like, I was trying to connect to his soul. I was trying to get his soul to like be, you know, come forward. And I was like almost talking to his soul. And I was like, I just want you to feel your heart. And when you go in here, I just want you to feel what you feel like. What does your heart feel like when you're in here? So we did the whole tour, you know, met some teachers, blah, blah, blah. Met the principal left. And he was like, he's like, okay. He's like, I'm going to miss my friends from the other school. Cause he had already made some friends in the other school, but he's like, this is where I'm supposed to be, you know? And that did like a million, that did so much for him. Like number one, you know, he felt like he had a choice because when you move a child, you know, in many ways, Oliver felt like, you know, I have no choice. Like my parents are moving. I have to go with them. You know, like he, you know, lost his friends or um, moved away from his friends. And then they, I stuck him in some school, you know, all these kind of things. So in a way, you know, giving him the choice was very empowering, which is what that book is about, by the way. And secondly, like he learned how to connect to that part of himself, to the, to the soul. And dude, that kid is so happy. Like we, every day he goes, this, like one day, the other day, like they had a day off and he was like, oh, we don't have school. I wanted to go to school. So I don't know. It's a combination of him feeling empowered, but also just him finding a place that, that suited him, that fit him. And, you know, to be honest, I was thinking like private school, charter school, like, oh, God forbid, like the local public school, just because in Miami, like, I don't know, it's just not a thing that is super common. And like, who the hell am I? Like, I don't even know. You know, like, I don't know. Like his little soul, if I trust it, it knows, you know, like it does know. And it was, and we have been proven that every day since the change, like every day since he made that choice, like he, you know, he is happy. So, you know, really believing in the soul, I think it's great to do things like right now I'm studying um, astrology. You guys have probably heard me say that before. I'm been, I've been um, taking Chelsea's astrology course and I'm working on my chart. So that's like step number one. But also I've had the boys charts and Ali's chart read before for me. I don't remember it too much. So now that I'm taking the class, I want to like revisit. But I think those are great tools to have. Like, you know, look at what's in your kid's chart, you know, like, um, all, you know, Ethan is a Capricorn son and he's like, so Capricorn, like he's so funny. Cause the rest of us are so like laid back and chill. And Ethan is just, he is true to like his character. You know, he's true to like what's in his chart actually. So I find those to be very helpful too, to kind of just, you know, feel like you're, you're going in the direction of their spirit, you know, past lives looking at if there's anything a little weird that, you know, with Oliver, right? Like, why do I raise Oliver so different than the other ones? And that's because of this, like one very triggering past life that we've had together. So that's something that I feel like we got really, actually this last decision, like felt very healing to me, like him picking the school and me trusting him in that way, like was very healing. And I feel like we released a lot of karma from that past life, but those things are very helpful. What have, what, like what I'm thinking about Ali, Ali is 
loved like the healings. Like I do a lot of healings. Well, I haven't done them recently, but like last year was like the year of healings for her. And, and it's actually worked out for her because she's having, she's living her best life over here, guys. Just so you know, anybody who's worried about Allie moving in the middle of high school, no, she is very damn happy here. Okay. <laughs> she's like, she's like the, she's like the fresh meat here. She has like a little boyfriend. Well, not really a boyfriend, but this guy that likes her and she's on the cheerleading team and like, she's living her best life, but she wasn't always the case for her at all. I did a lot of healings on her and we actually, the soul teachers did a reading for her um, a few months ago too. And that, you know, she was old enough to like it. And actually even Oliver, who's eight, he really liked that reading that, that Latoya did. So those things are actually very helpful. You'd be surprised. Like they're so helpful for the kids and it's very helpful for you as a parent to um, mother them that way. Cause I just like, I don't know. I was even that like conscious parenting bullshit, you know, <laughs> those books. I'm like, you know, sometimes you just gotta like scream at your kid. Like I can't, I can't like live, you know, feeling like bad about the kind of parent I am. And what has worked for me the most is like the soul led parenting. We should write a book guys and just honoring them as a soul. That's really like how I try to do it. And I'm still figuring it out. And I try to honor the family as a bunch of little souls with all different paths and different purposes and coming together. So here we are back at motherhood, which brings me back to that question of how I do it all. I don't do it all um, at all. And I remember asking that question too, when I was a assistant editor at a magazine and um, the publisher, Lynn, um, Leslie, shout out to Leslie. That's what she looked like to me. Like, you know, she had a daughter, she was a single mom and she was just killing it. And I just remember being like, how does this lady do it all? And um, I was probably like 24 or something. And she looked at me and she's like, with a lot of help. And I didn't know what that meant. And I also thought like, well, that's for like those kind of people or that kind of person. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be having a bunch of help, you know, but I think help to me is support, right? And just different types of support, allowing yourself to have support, right? Because forever, I just always told myself like, well, I'm just, I don't have a lot of support. Like I kind of claimed that like, I'm like, I don't have these like, you know, uber interested grandparents that want to like be involved with the kids all the time. And, um, you know, Benny's father has passed away and like, you know, I don't have, my brothers don't live here. Like I kind of, I'm not making enough money or I put all this stuff out there and I don't have people like supporting my work or whatever. My husband's this. And I realized that like, I was kind of saying that like I wasn't supported, you know, and I had to desire to be supported. So that's, that was like what changed a lot for me and help is really just, I just changed that for support. And to me, um, that, I mean, that changes your boundaries, you know, like one of the things that changed a simple things that changed in my business was like, okay, like if I'm going to show up and do this stuff, if I'm going to do classes or if I'm going to, you know, do readings or whatever, like I need to feel supported and that's not just money. Like I need to feel like it's okay for me to do it during the day and not at night. It's okay for my kids to interrupt every once in a while. Like I feel supported by being able to run things the way that like I want to run them and I can do it more with more ease and flow if I feel supported during that process. So it's, it was really, you know, support is not really like people coming and offering to help you. Support is actually like you allowing yourself to be supported really. And that was like a big game changer for me. So 
today I have a lot of support, you know, I, and that was something I worked on. Um, I have Danica who works with me full time, who started off as just my assistant and now she's the president of the company. And I mean, she basically, like, I feel like I start a lot of things and she finishes all of them for me because I just don't have the time to finish things anymore. We have Kat, who's my assistant, who's, you know, just everything to, to me and, and to Danica. And I have the sole mentors because like they are continuing like the, the mission and, and, you know, reading and healing and teaching more people that like I could never do myself. And honestly, big game changer too, was like, I was pretty unsupported by my husband, Benny, which we, I know we all love, but he wasn't always had good intentions, but wasn't always available. And when he started going through his healing, we realized, or he really, he started to realize that like, I wasn't crazy and that I was onto something and that it would make more sense to support me so that I could keep doing like what I was doing. Um, so I've recently in like the last year and a half or so gotten a lot more support from Benny. So like he takes kids to school now and he, you know, picks up from school and like, I, that was always my job. So that's been very helpful. And yeah. And then I just don't like judge myself when I need help. You know, if I need to pay somebody, if I need to find a sitter or something now that we moved, we don't have, um, a housekeeper or, um, you know, sitters, but like when I lived in Miami, I did, you know, um, and I'm sure like, we'll bring that back into our lives again later. And I'm just okay with allowing myself to be helped, um, because I have my eye on the prize. So that's another trick, um, of mine is that I'm kind of like an essentialist. There's a lot of, you know, I might not always be like, I don't know, the most involved friend or, Maybe I'm not having like, I don't know, I'm missing out on things for sure. You know, like I'm not, maybe I don't do brunch as much as like other people do, or maybe I don't like go out to dinner with like other friends as much or something like that. I mean, there's, cause I'm kind of like, um, I know what I'm like, what I want. So I kind of put all my energy into that. And part of that is like my family growing the business, creating this like future, like home and like this lifestyle for me. Uh, you know, I have like a group of good friends. I have a, like my family, like my extended family. And that's kind of, I kind of just stay there, you know? So I'm not, I'm, I don't spread myself very thin outside of like the super, super, like the very important things to me. So that's something I do too. Like I'm not, I mean, and it's not easy because like, for instance, like even trying to take this astrology class with, with Chelsea is like so hard for me because it's like something outside of like my regular ecosystem and I, I don't think I'm always going to be like that. I think it's the stage that I am in my life right now that I have to kind of stay uber focused. Um, I, I have dreams of like retirement, <laughs> you know, I look at my neighbor who has like the beautiful garden. I'm like, one day I will do that. But right now, you know, I'm raising young children and a young business. So, I mean, I, I'm realistic about like what I can and can't do, even though there's things I would love to do. Like, I'd love to have like you know, maybe a cute like Pinterest party one day, but like I just, or maybe do certain things, but like right now it's just like not the season for me. So I try to be very realistic about that. Another thing about, you know, doing it all is I apologize a lot. Um, <laughs> so I'm late often. Um, I have to, you know, um, I'm definitely like late and canceling things more than I usually do because there's just so much more on my plate. Um, recently. And I just, 
you know, I try to, I try to be very mindful of anybody that I am like being late for or whatever, but I also just try to give myself a little bit of grace and patience and say like, you know what, you're just in a, you're, this is like your season. Like one thing that I know to be true about life is that we are always in seasons. So I'm not getting obsessed over how, cons- um, I don't want to say busy because it's not busy, but like my life is very full right now. And I don't, I'm trying, I don't like get obsessed over how full it is because I know that it's just, it's a season. Like I'm very aware. It's kind of like, you know, when you have a newborn or something, like I'm not going to be like, oh, must be, I must be doing something wrong with like my productivity hours because I'm always tired. It's like, no, you have a newborn, (laughs) you know, or you have a baby. Um, But then you know that that baby turns three or four and you can record a podcast for a little bit while they're watching a movie, you know? So it, I am very aware of like the season. So I don't, I don't get tripped up on that. And what else? Oh, and then the other thing is like, I do things before I'm ready, you know, for better or for worse. I used to, I am like a recovering perfectionist and I used to like wait a lot and be obsessed with things being perfect. I love beautiful things. Um, but I found that I was like suffering a lot if I, was waiting for something beautiful to look beautiful and be perfect. I've learned to build and show like as I build and not feel like I need to build the whole thing before I show you. So that's been a big game changer for me where before it was like, I have to build. And actually I learned that funny enough through courses. So like a soul seeker or anything. Um, and I, I did like a lot of courses before that. And I would just, I mean, like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'd film all the videos. I'd spend the money. I'd do the branding. And then of course, like once I started like really having real people like watch the courses and take the courses, I realized there was all these mistakes and things that could be better and things I needed to add. And that's what, that's when I was like, you know what? No more like building like completely. Um, instead I'm going to build as I go. And then at some point, you know, once you build as you go, like you can, you know, maybe you're beta testing for like six months or a year or two years. And then you, you know, then you can make something like you're really proud of. That's the stage I'm in right now. Like I'm just, I feel like I've been beta testing for like maybe two or three years. And now, you know, you'll see it too next year that we're like re-recording all the soul classes and that kind of stuff. Cause I feel like I've, you know, thankfully I've been building little by little as I go and like just figuring things out. And now I'm like, I feel like I have a handle of it, you know? So one thing that makes it look like, oh, she can do all these things is because I've learned to be okay with being messy. Um, I've learned to be okay with, with building and like showing people the progress kind of, you know, and I didn't always feel that way, but I just, at some point I knew the business wouldn't survive if, if I kept trying to be a perfectionist, if I kept trying to like fake it till I make it and pretend like everything's great. Um, I just knew it just wasn't going to work anymore. So I do that in all areas, <laughs> you know, it's not just like in my work, just in, in my life. And also just learning to, one thing that was really hard for me was I always feel like I needed to like time block. Like I wanted things to be neat. Like this is the hours of work and then I'm here with my kids. And then and that's just, I, I don't know if that exists. Um, especially for those of you who maybe like worked out of the house before COVID and then like you start working from home and you realize like, those lines are so blurred. I've just gotten used to those blurred lines. So (laughs) for better or for worse, I'll like do a client and then I'll have to like pick up a kid and make lunch or, and then come back and like teach a class and then maybe go pick up another kid from school. So I've just learned to not 
obsess over um, the neatness of the timing. Um, I don't multitask. Like I don't, I try not to like, you know, I'm not like teaching and having a kid next to me unless like one's sick or something like that. But I'm just, you know, I'm not getting like caught up in the neatness, which is something that like I really used to when the kids were younger. So yeah, those are my answers to that. And um, I hope this was helpful for, I, I can talk about motherhood and I, if you, if you want to know how I'm doing in motherhood, just check my um, Mother's Day posts. Like I always try to write something like deep on Mother's Day because I feel motherhood is something that like, it's just not talking about, like spoken about enough. You can just like go back to all like posts in May and see what I'm writing about. And that's how I feel about motherhood. But it definitely, I feel like, you know, it gets a little easier and as I start to see them as souls, it gets much easier for me also. And one big thing that I think happened to me like last year, I think I wrote this in my last year's mother po Mother's Day post was, you know, I started to realize that like, because I came with that wound from my mom that like, oh, you know, kids are here to like, fuck you, you know, like they're here to like make you sacrifice and lose yourself. I had that, you know, that same belief when uh, as a young mom, and lately just kind of, you know, being able to be like deeper into my story. And as I look back, I really have come to understand, like my kids are not here to mess with me or to like crush my dreams. My kids are here to like support me. I really, really like I have goosebumps as I say that, like these souls did not come into your life to like mess with you. Like they have, they knew, like they came in knowing exactly like what you were meant to do this lifetime. And they may look like they are, you know, messing with you and trying to ruin you, but I'm pretty sure like without knowing your situation that they're here to wake you up, you know, and they're here to bring you back on your path. They're here to hold you accountable. They're here to help you die and let go of those parts of you that don't need to be with you anymore. Um, they're here to help you be courageous. I mean, they are here for you truly. Like they're here for your progress just as much as they are for their own you know, evolution, but like they are, that was like a big one for me. I'm like, oh, my kids are here. Like we're in partnership, you know, like they're supporting me. I'm supporting them. You know, they're supporting their dad. Like they knew what they were coming into, you know, and many of you, as I've, I've read so many of you, I know many of you were kids that were born to help heal and wake up your parents. And you all know how, how frustrating it is to not be able to do that job at a young age. And it causes lots of problems as we get older and things like that. So if you have young children and they're trying to like murder you, really what they're trying to do is just cause ego death in you, allow it, you know, it's going to be better for everybody. So I leave you with that, that your little children's souls or the ones that are trying that, you know, keep showing up in your readings that you don't want to let in. <laughs> they are here to support you because I promise you that. And, um, not that everybody needs kids by any means, but um, if you feel like it's part of the path for you, it's in support. Even the ones that are having a hard time coming through, right? Like when you're trying to have kids and it's just not clicking, they are also here to support you. So yeah. All right. I love you guys. Thanks for spending some time with me. I hope you have a beautiful day and week and wherever you are in your time. I hope you're, you know, tapping into your soul and allow, allowing that part of yourself to lead. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys so much. 
If you love what you're hearing, would you mind leaving a review or sharing with a friend? That little review does so much. It's so damn helpful. You don't even know. So thank you for that. And if you're ready to unlock your spiritual gifts, enroll in my three-level program, Soul Academy, or join my free community, Soul Collective. I'd love to have you there. The links to join are below in this episode. Until next time, love you much.